and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host, Kelly Crichton, and as ever, our resident TV critics, Stephen Ross and Benji Jackson are here. Hello. 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 Remember, if you want to see our faces, you can head over to Freeview Channel 276 Shots, which is brought to you by a network of journalists across the country who are transforming stories at the heart of your community. You'll find true crime, football news and analysis, plus coverage of lifestyle, TV, film and much more. If you haven't tuned in before, each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching, as well as looking more closely at a new programme or something making the headlines in the deep dive. This week, Stephen tells us about new documentary, Whale. Finally, we go back to the future to tell you about a programme you may have missed when it first aired or streamed. This week, Benji will be sharing his thoughts with us on Mr. Show, a programme I certainly wasn't aware of, so I hope everyone will stay tuned for that. But first, we'd like to talk about what everyone's been watching recently. So, Stephen, you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. I have been watching The Smoking Room, which is a like a really stripped-back kitchen sink uh, sitcom with... Um, oh. Robert Webb is sort of the main guy, and then um, there's sort of an ensemble cast of lesser knowns as well. And it's set; it it was made in 2004 to 2006, I believe, two seasons, and it's set in the smoking room at a workplace that is just like identified as some office job workplace, but they never go into detail about what they do there's a rule in the smoking room that we don't talk shop so we don't hear anything about the job and it's just co-workers and people that don't really work together but work in the same building that meet in the smoking room every episode is set entirely in this one room and they just have like relatively funny conversations it's a bit like sort of royal family but a lot better in my opinion i never mm. got into royal family this is very subtly funny mm-hmm. and I'd never sort of heard of it before I only came across it because I was looking into Robert Webb's sort of back catalogue and it was really interesting and it was so like a lovely little time capsule it was so early 2000s I mean even the fact that the year after the show got cancelled smoking in public in the UK was banned so mm. the series would have sort of had to have ended anyway it was Sort of like, I guess, the dying gasps of that very specific workplace culture. And it was so interesting yes. to sort of go back yeah. in time to it. Very funny. They just talk about the philosophies of life in a really blue-collar kind of way. and Nice and cheap to make as well. Yeah, it must have cost about, you know, £1,000 an episode or something. It was, yeah, it was also coming out just as Robert Webb was getting big off Peep Show as well. So... I don't think it was ever really fit to last very long, but it, it, it's sort of like The Office, you know, two and done sort of thing. And there was a Christmas mm-hmm. special as well. So if people are thinking of the Christmas specials, and I will talk about that not more next week, but it's got a very nice little Christmas special episode as well. Unfortunately, it's not free to watch anywhere. You'd have to buy them on Amazon or Apple TV, but worth worth a look, definitely. Okay, brilliant. Thank you, Stephen. What about you, Benji? What's been on your telly this week? Oh, finally managed to catch up with Monarch Legacy of Monsters, I think, oh, ever since yay. I arrived at Screen Babble. I have just <laughs> constantly been on at that. And I enjoy it. I definitely. I mean, I'm a big kaiju Godzilla fan to begin with anyway. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, look at me. I'm a nerd. Uh, but I, I'm also I'm also a big fan 
of Kurt Russell. Me and my friends mm-hmm. sometimes get together and do like a marathon of Kurt Russell movies we call Kurt Russell Mania. Um, and <laughs> I, I get like on board, it because, everybody. <laughs> because um, it, it traverses back and forth in time. So Kurt Russell is the older version of his character who is a captain who mm. knows all about the – well, they're not called kaiju. They're called titans in the monsterverse. Mm. But mm. – it goes back to a younger version of him discovering when the Titans were, you know, when they first discovered the Titans mm-hmm. uh, through the company called Monarch. But his younger mm-hmm. version is played by another Russell that I quite like, Wyatt Russell, which many might recall was oh. the. He's gone on to become US Patriot after appearing as the alternative Captain America in the Falcon and Winter Soldier series on Disney oh. Plus. But let's let's be honest, we're here to see big meaty monsters slapping against big meaty monsters. It's on Apple TV (laughs) Plus and it's absolutely brilliant. Or, you know, being a wrestling fan, it just ticks all the boxes. Monsters, (laughs) check. Fighting each other, check. Kurt Russell and his son, check. We're a Goldie Horn away from just completely having a royal flush when it comes to that show. But no, do check it. it out. Do check it out. It's brilliant. Big 80s nostalgia there as well. A series, how many episodes is it? I believe it's going to be about six. We're okay. coming up to the third now. Oh, they're um, only dropping them weekly? Yeah, you know, they, they will drop <gasps> them weekly on Apple Love TV+. It. Plus. So uh, rather than binging it, because you might yeah. get that, uh, I don't know, Titan fatigue, like superhero yeah. fatigue, but with like yeah. Godzilla monsters. Um, no, fatigue. and uh, like I've mentioned before, I enjoy episodic viewing. I like looking mm-hmm. forward to something week after week and, yeah, you you can overindulge sometimes when it comes to monster movies. Mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. been told, um, so it's great that it's <laughs> it's episodic. Better space it out. Okay, cool. I've been watching not an awful lot of new stuff, but I have continued to watch. To my shame, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Have you been watching it, Benji? Or did you? I've uh, been watching bits and pieces of it. I mean, I, I'm still. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm still on the fence about it. I. I when people ask me, are you still watching it? I say for work purposes, but and mm-hmm. Stephen, I apologize now. Little part of me kind of is really enjoying it, just the drama. Yeah. Maybe because yeah. I yeah. don't have enough drama in my home life, so I you need get it on sucked TV. In. You get sucked in, Benji. That's the thing. You get it's, sucked in. It's know? like people that don't like World Cup sporting competitions, but they get swooped in by the, totally. the hysteria. So. And next thing you're supporting some random team because some player did something amazing or you know. Or you or you end up voting <laughs> Nigel Farage when he goes back into politics. That's that's the issue that we might find ourselves. Oh my to. god. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but uh <laughs> so I'm not fully up to date with it, but um I have been continuing with it and um Do you know what? It's not it's not that interesting this year. Like, there's no major bust-ups as of yet. There's been a few sort of fallings out. They seem to be treating each other a little bit better. Nigel Farage is just like, he's just a machine. He just gets up every morning before everybody else does his daily routine, you know. Um, it's a, He's like somebody who's been in the army or something. He, he feels It feels like regimental. And, I mean, the big news, I suppose, this week was that... Grace Dent walked out for medical reasons. We don't really know anything beyond that. They didn't really show very much of it on the episode that featured, you know, we didn't see her complaining or anything happening to her. So question mark, question mark, question mark. But I think you could see 
she was not she was due to do a trial and I think she just couldn't face it and for whatever reason so that was that and we mustn't be too far off the first eviction but um this weekend actually in a day or two's time yeah but Sam got made camp leader of the camp or king of the camp or whatever and that was oh my god his reaction it was like he'd won the lottery it was just hilarious anyway yeah so that's I'm starting to get me out of here a couple more weeks left in that I'm slowly I am slowly losing interest I have to say the other thing I wanted to tell you both about is something I watched at the weekend with my kids it's called the Late Late Toy Show Stephen did I tell you about this last year do you recall I do not (laughs) so in Ireland there is the longest you may have heard of it, the longest running chat show in the world. It's called The Late Late Show. It's on a Friday night. And it recently changed hosts. So Patrick Keelty is the current host. But every Christmas, about a month before Christmas, since I was a child, which is quite a few years, they host what's called The Late Late Toy Show. And essentially what it was originally was an opportunity for toy makers and people in the publishing industry and all that kind of stuff to come in and show off their wares and give people idea for presents for children or for Santa lists, etc. And what it's grown into is kind of an all singing, all dancing spectacular. You know, there literally is like musical numbers, huge staging and settings, also kind of opportunities for kids to sort of meet their heroes and things like that. And it is an absolute part of the cultural calendar in Ireland and it's very cute and my only gripe about it is it starts at half past nine and it finishes at midnight I mean what small children are awake at this time it's total madness I wish they'd like just move it for that one slot every year to like 6 p.m or whatever but um it's really worth checking out for anybody who's got kids you can download the RTE player and it's on there. It's called the Lately Toy Show. And actually, it does that f- functional thing of giving you ideas for gifts as well. So Ryan Tuberty, the last few years, it had turned into a slightly different thing. There wasn't very many toys being reviewed, maybe, you know, whereas this year they kind of seemed to go back to their, um, go back to basics and they did quite a lot of that. So that was lovely. So big tip. And my kids really enjoyed it. And it's all a little bit magical and get you, gets you in the festive mood. So there you I go. was going to ask, was Duncan the turkey part of the Late Late Show or was that a different Irish television Dustin. show? Dustin. Dustin probably made quite a few appearances over the years on the toy show, but he was in the den. That was um, our kids sort of the equivalent of kind of, um, oh, I don't know, like, you know, Dodge and Co., the kind of continuity presenters on CBBC. Oh, kind of like uh, beneath the, uh, in the broom cupboard, like with Gordon the Gopher and Andy Peters. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it was, yeah, Ray, Zig and Zag and Dustin the Turkey. I was going to say, said the, said the New Zealander who suddenly has a knowledge on children's British television, <laughs> eh? Like, what well, always annoys me when people talk about Zig and Zag being a British institution because I'm like, hello. Oh, no, 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 no. We can debate about that. We were watching that. them for about... 15 years before they came to Britain. But anyway, so yeah, big recommend. Okay, that's what we've been watching. Moving along, Stephen. New Sky documentary, Whale. Tell us all about this. Okay. Whale with Steve Batchel, not The Whale with Brendan Fraser. (laughs) Uh, This is a Sky Nature documentary series uh, about whales, as as the title probably suggests. Steve Batchel, I mean, I know him as the guy from Deadly 60. That's probably still the biggest thing he did. It was either a BBC or CBBC show where he would look at deadly animals and sort of yoink them and and have a look. And 
get like the <laughs> deadly 60 top trumps and it was it was a whole thing back in the day okay yeah so he presents this and it's a lot more mature i guess and for a mm-hmm. grown-up audience in in that it's more sciencey and looking at the relationships that whales have between each other and that how their hierarchies work and their environment and it, it was quite interesting it's got the the if you just had it on in the background it would sound like any nature documentary series like planet earth or any sort of attenborough show and it is very similar mm-hmm. but it's, it's quite nice it's quite a calming series to watch i guess it's quite relaxed it's about whales mm. so obviously it's nothing too you know heavy but he does talk quite a bit about the human impact on whale populations and i guess things mm. that i'd sort of knew vaguely and had heard about but he's going into a bit more depth about sort of the sound that you know shipping and yeah plant nations for for oil exploration and and things like this have on whale populations who navigate by sound is quite devastating but it's also a bit like like oh, that's really bad but i'm gonna have to put that off my mind now because it's never going to stop but it's very interesting like I, I learned a fair bit about whales it wasn't something i particularly wanted to know more about i wasn't interested in that but it was it was very well made and sort of pulled me in and i think it's nice that it's it's four episodes because there's only so much you can say was it filmed all over the world or it's hard to tell like the the settings but it seems to have been filmed in yeah various different ocean locations it's filmed very well i don't know how they got some of the shots they got they must have been incredibly patient because i i know that when people go like whale sighting you can be out for hours and not see a single one can you and they're finding like pods of whales and like families and they're diving with them and it's it there was a very very nice moment where and i can't remember where this bit was set where there's this population of whales that have like survived the whaling era and they're now like very friendly and they come up to small boats there's a scene where like a mother whale is pushing her child to come up and greet the tourists in the boat and like play with them and it was it's really nice and it it shows how sort of intelligent these creatures are and and Batchel's Batchel's really good he obviously knows his stuff and I, I love that he's really passionate about it he's a bit sort of you know another Steve Irwin guess he was a contemporary with him he's sort of carrying that arch yeah. now that Irwin's been gone a decade or more it's nice to do uh Nature documentary, we haven't done many of them, to be fair, beyond the obvious ones um, on Screen Babble. My personal memories of whale watching in Kaikoura, round about your parts, hey, Benji, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, was a really fast boat out into the middle of the ocean. We did see a whale. It was massively impressive. It was also massive, just massive. But everybody was so sick. <laughs> the boat, everybody was puking. It was like... Oh, yeah, it's pretty it choppy around Kaikoura. It is pretty choppy around those waters. And it was... Yeah, it was a fabulous trip, actually. But um, my other predominant memory of that trip was when we were back on dry land, being in bed at night and a tsunami alert going out. <laughs> and I remember just being like, oh, God, when, did the, when does this ever stop? Because we'd just come from Southeast Asia and we'd experienced quite a lot. Of the, it was just after um, there'd been another incident there as well. And I was just like, I can't. This is too much. It's all exhausting. <laughs> But no, it was fab. It was really nice. Beautiful part of the world, obviously. 
Uh, Benji. Okay, that's cool. So that's on Sky... Sky Nature and Now from Sunday the 3rd of December. Lovely. And that could be a nice little break from festive themed stuff, couldn't it, in December? Right. Okay, cool. Okay, Benji, you're going to take us back to the future now with... Mr. Show. It's all right. It's 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 a morning. I keep thinking it's no show for some reason. <laughs> Maybe I feel like that. I feel like a no show today. Well, it, it, My brain's not up, showed up. It ended up becoming a no show after four seasons. So you, you, it's kind of right. But no, uh, I have been rewatching uh, Mr. Show, which was a yes. HBO sketch comedy in the vein of Monty Python's Flying Circus. Okay. It stars uh, Bob Odenkirk, who naturally went on to do Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, and that movie Nobody, which I really enjoyed as well, where he played mm-hmm. kind of like a, a deep patient. So good. Yeah. yeah so good. Uh, yep. David Cross, who went on to do Arrested Development and possibly one of my favourite cringe watches of all time, The Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret, which was on Channel 4. <laughs> but it's interesting because the pair of those, so Bob Odenkirk, before Mr. Show, was a writer and an actor on a little sitcom that only lasted two seasons on Fox in America called The Ben Stiller Show. Mm-hmm, and David Cross hilarious. was also a writer on The Ben Stiller Show. Funnily enough, Fox cancelled that show, and the moment they cancelled it, it won an Emmy for Outstanding Writing in 1993. Wow, hilarious. So uh, as I discovered, Bob Odenkirk's manager managed to get a two-episode deal with HBO based around some of the pilot uh, sketches that both Odenkirk and Cross created. With that amount of money that they got for two episodes, they stretched it out to four episodes for the first season. <laughs> right. And, and it's absolutely brilliant. It's it's irreverent. It's, it's quite anarchic at times. It's definitely not family viewing whatsoever. Some of the sketches, <laughs> like... The Globocorp sketch in particular was a standout for me. There was one about a anarchic kind of beat poet that's trying to defecate on the American flag but can't, so there's all of that going on. But it was also a launching pad for a lot of big alternative comedians. You had Sarah Silverman that appeared Mm. in the show. Jack Black was a constant in the first two seasons, um, Brian Persian, who ended up being a writer for the Sarah Silverman show and appearing mm-hmm. in it. And uh, the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants was a prominent main cast member as well, Tom Kenny, who was absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant in it. Now, unfortunately, for some reason, Netflix nor Sky Atlantic decided to pick up the series. But mm-hmm. thankfully, you can take a look at an armada of clips. Please do check out the Globocorp clip on YouTube. However, okay. Netflix did commission something around the kind of pandemic era called With or W, W, Bob and David, which is effectively the, the sequel to Mr. Show. It's got pretty much the entire same cast in it. It's a short series. It's it is brilliant. It kind of plays with the idea of, you know, those kind of sketches where you they lead you down the garden path and then suddenly they deviate and then it goes into another sketch, but the sketch mm-hmm. bleeds into the previous one, which is okay. very Python-esque. So, yeah, yeah, if you can't be bothered 
going through YouTube and looking for the clips of Mr. Mm. Show. Shame on you for a start. But, you know, you can always go on to Netflix and catch with Bob and David. And please, cool. please do check out Nobody Everybody because it was a fantastic action flick. Yeah, nobody's brilliant. That just seemed like a plethora of big of names, you know, comedy writing names, you know, so lots of good stuff in there. Yeah, kind of like how we had the alternative comedy sect with the young ones and the mm. comic strip presents in the 80s. It was kind of America's kind of, you know, these are our alternative comedians that aren't doing Andrew Dice Clay jokes. And it's brilliant, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, it can get quite offensive, so... Okay. It's definitely okay, not a safer out. work job. Exactly. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, thank you so much for that, Benji. We will be back, I'm excited to say, next week with our Christmas What to Watch special episode. Yay! So you won't actually hear what we've been watching for quite a while, which might be a relief to some people, but I hope not. So yes, please do tune in next week for our Christmas What to Watch special and look out before then for Stephen's Friday morning Screen Babble, where he'll be previewing What to Watch this weekend and beyond. If you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get into our lives as as always, drop us a line via our social media. We'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. We'll be back next week with Christmas Screen Babble. Hooray! Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye.